You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. I have an army. We have a Hulk. This is the Marvel Tribe, brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider. Avengers! So, hello everyone and welcome to the Marvel Tribe. We are a group of excited and passionate individuals who have come together to share our love of all things Marvel. We are brought to you by the Waltz Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider for all your Disney-related news. I am so honored to be joined by an amazing group of nerds, where it's just me and one other person, Brianna, but we're still an amazing group here. So, from the big screen to the small print, feel the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One team, one love. We are... The Marvel, the Marvel Tribe. tribe. <laughs> the Marvel Tribe. <laughs> so, what's up, Brianna? How are you? I'm great. So, I am fantastic. And for all you people out there, we are just kind of, uh, we missed you guys last week. You know, just that's just life. It happens. And so, we owe you guys a episode three uh, rundown as well as the latest ep- episode four. So, we're going to kind of kind of smash them all together and and just kind of blend the two and pop here back and forth and do all kinds of uh, speculations and talk about Easter eggs and all that fun stuff. So uh, you have a preference, Brianna, on how you want to how you want to do this or no? Let's just go for it. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to I'm going to do my best. to. I'll go over episode three um, okay. and we'll just chime in when you when you want and stuff. But I'll, I'll try to condense it down because I really want to talk about episode four. I think that is the piece that has everyone kind of freaking out or scratching their heads or their jaws dropped or like they're like, what the heck is going on here? So let's start, let's start with episode three, which was, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, the first thing we do, uh, you know, first thing that happens is it opens up on, on, we get Layla Mm -hmm. and, you know, we get this nice little fuzzy picture of Layla and she's kind of talking and, and we realize she's in this office where there's this lady who is making her a fake passport. Uh, the reason why she's getting the face fake passport, because she wants to go back to Egypt. She hasn't been there in 10 years and she wants to go back to follow Mark. Mark has left after that little fight scene um, over, you know, when he uh, met Harrow and Harrow sick the, the dogs of hell, on the jackals of hell on them and stuff. And and he took the scarab and he, you know, he took off to Egypt. So Mark Chak traced them down. So Layla's on both of their tails and he she's having a conversation with this lady who it, from the conversation she has worked with Layla's dad and stuff, mm-hmm. which will be significant later. 
So, and she's pretty good actually making passports. I'm like, man, she has all this equipment. I'm looking at it's like some professional printer and lamination. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure it was an Egyptian passport too, like it yeah, was the yep. US. Like yep. Yep, full on Egyptian citizen passport that you would get and stuff, and and so yeah, I thought that that was pretty darn cool, and you know, and they not that well, I'm gonna mention this. It has no bearings until we get to episode four, but she pulls out of the drawer uh, like a, a jar of little marshmallow looking things and mm-hmm. stuff and snacks on those. So that's her snack of choice, which we'll see later. <laughs> um, but I thought uh, you're muted. Sorry, I unplugged my back in there. Come on. Maybe it's not my... There we go. I'm back. All right, I'm back. All right. So, yeah. So, you know, she gets her fake passport, and then she's heading off to Egypt to go track down Mark. Meanwhile, let's fast forward uh, into Egypt. We have Harold and all of his cult-like followers just kind of combing the desert uh, with the scarab trying to find Ahmet's tomb, you know, the, the burial site and stuff. So they're, you know, they're off in the desert and they're just kind of following the the scarab as it's kind of leading them. And then it all of a sudden it points down and boom, we're here. We find, we find, you know, the, the, well, we don't find the tomb. You have to dig for it. Everything's buried under <laughs> thousands and thousands of years of built up sand. So they're, but they're, they're in the right location. So with that said, uh, one of uh, Harold's goon squads come up to him and let him know that uh, Mark is hot on their trail. Uh, he's made it to Egypt and he is asking and trying to find, trying to locate them. Harold says, you know, he pays no mind and says, hey, let's start digging. And that's, you know, and, and we go on from there. Fast track to a uh, Mark running on over the rooftops here. Um Thought he's being chased, but he was actually trying to catch up to somebody, and he managed to hop on top of one roof. And there's these guys who have this other guy by knife point that they just stabbed to death. And you know, Mark Whit- Whitley makes a snide comment saying, "Hey, I wanted to talk to that guy first. Um, so anyway, in in the uh, vein of Indiana Jones uh, in the Last Crusade, where you have the uh, the the local uh, you know villain guys and stuff standing off with Indiana, you get that kind of rooftop standoff here, which was kind of kind of funny. Yeah, I I know it was done on purpose and stuff as yeah. well. I was gonna say the knife throw in the air. I just thought was yeah. like, oh, that would have been great in an early two thousands three D movie. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, don't cross this line with the little drawing on the knife mark and stuff and the one part that i know for a fact was an ode to indiana jones was it was it was in a similar vein when uh one of the uh goons from the movie indiana jones decided to uh display some uh intimidation with his knife uh, swordsmanship and in this and in this scene the guy wanted to show his intimidation by licking the knife and Unlike uh, Indiana Jones, uh, who had a gun at the time, he's you know after the guy wielded his knife and did his little tricks and stuff of bravada, and he just shot him. Funniest scene ever. Well, here Mark doesn't have a gun on him, so he just socks him in his jaw, mid lick of the knife and stuff. So I thought that was hilarious. Hilarious. It definitely was an ode to Indiana Jones. So, um. 
So he uh, so he ends up besting these guys, even though they had knives and stuff, and he was able to to disarm them. And he had his knife held up to one of the guys, and then you can see Steve uh, Stephen in the reflection, saying, begging Mark not to uh, not to do it. Do not you know go down this road. And then Mark has a blackout, <laughs> and next thing we know, we're in the back of a cab headed to the airport. <laughs> So I'm and yes, I could I could speculate. Was that Stephen who did that? Yes, it was. It absolutely, it makes sense. Uh, Stephen in some foreign land who's used to waking up in weird places. His default is to always go home. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was so somehow Stephen got the body back, <laughs> get, uh, held a cab, and take me to the Cairo airport. Um, but that didn't last too long because Mark came back. He woke up in the back of the cab and he's now, you know, speaking, uh, Farsi to the guy and the guy is like, Oh wait, you, you can speak my language and stuff. And, um, and he's like, tells him to stop. And then he sees the two guys that apparently Steven let go off of the roof, walking out of this, uh, walking out of this house. And Mark is like, "Hey, stop! I need to talk to you guys." So I was like, "No!" And the kids like, "But you, you let us go." So the you know, so the kid, so they took off and stuff. And anyway, they uh, so he started chasing them and stuff, and they took off down the uh, down the road after him and stuff to catch up uh, catch up with them. Uh, he ends up uh, catching you know catching up with uh, one of them. Got uh, Gab's nice, and then he gets uh, bonked upside his head by the third guy that was on top of the roof, um, causing him to pass out. And then they he wakes up again, uh, this time as Steve. Uh, nope, nope, he wakes up as Mark. Sorry, mm-hmm. as he pulls a knife out of one of the guys. Um, obviously, it's a bloody scene and stuff. And Steve's is in the reflections, like, Oh my god, what did you do, Mark? And Mark is like, I did not do this. What did you do, Steve? He's like, what? he's like, not me. This wasn't me. So that that was more of a direct, like, hey, there's a, another personality. Someone here. else. Yep, there's someone else here. It's probably Jake Lackley, or or the uh, place marker that we uh, that we uh, uh, labeled on this, Scotty. Yep. Yep. So going with Scotty. <laughs> yep, going with Scotty until they tell us different. So uh, yeah, so there was a third person who, who killed him, and then it looks like there's a kid that was still left alive. And so uh, Mark is kind of walking over towards him as he's trying to uh, scoot off, uh, broken and battered. And and then here comes Konshu saying, "Hey, take him to the roof." <laughs> he's like, he's just a kid. He'll talk. Trust me, he'll talk. Take him to the roof. So he takes the kid over to the roof and leans him over the roof and. This is the part where um, the kid just kind of shows up and saying, I'm a true follower of Amit because he says, praise Amit. And while he's being dangled by his scarf, he cuts the scarf and he falls to his doom. So, yeah, completely shocking Mark. And Conchu was like, eh, I thought he would talk. <laughs> totally unbothered. I mean, yeah. that that yeah. was, yeah. Contra showing his true colors. <laughs> he is. Contra was not not your hero. Don't don't put a lot of stock in that. Contra was this great great hero guy and stuff. He 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 does have godlike powers and he is a one of the Egyptian gods. But he's also his own personality. And so yeah, he's kind of 
I'm getting I'm getting a little bit remnants of Deadpool in Conchu and stuff. <laughs> like he really just doesn't care about <laughs> about people all too much. Um. So yeah. So anyway, um. Let's see where it's been a minute here. So Mark, you know, co- uh, confers with uh, Conchu. He's like, hey, how are we supposed to? You know, the guy the guy I was supposed to talk to died. How I'm supposed to get a clue? How I'm supposed to find? Uh, Harold and stuff is like uh, we need to have a conference. You know, uh, he suggested a conference of the gods of the uh, the Ennead, and he's like, "Well, how do we do that?" And he's like, "Well, you be careful about having a conference with them because you could face their wrath and judgment and stuff." And so he's like, "All right, leave it up." To, so Kanchu is like, "Leave it up to me. I will summon the gods." And so uh, Kanchu uh, was messing with the sun, and he made an eclipse happen. In the middle of the day, causing the gods to uh, uh, to to summon a council, a council with all the avatars of of the gods, including Mark himself. So Kanchunum was walking down the alleyway, and then this portal, kind of very Harry Potter fashion, kind of opens up out of it the just, wall. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool too. Uh, so he's like, yeah, just, you know, there you go. Just kind of go follow along. And Conchu doesn't give him any instructions or anything. He just say, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Just, I'll be there. Oh, Don't worry okay. about it. Just as he walks off and stuff and Mark's like, what the, okay. I know. He's just telling him how important this meeting has to be. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. don't worry about it. I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. He walks away. I got, I got your back, man. Don't I worry about it. it. <laughs> so I love that part. And so, so he goes into the, into the room and, and it actually opens, the portal opens up into uh, one of the uh, great pyramids of, of Giza there, which was it's- really cool. Stephen is having the time of his life. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> Stephen recognizes it right away in the reflection as as Mark is walking down uh down the hall and he's approached by I can't remember if it was Tefnut, um, but one of the avatars of the gods who was friends or you know are a little bit more than friends with uh Conchu and stuff and so. Uh, she, you know, approached uh, Mark and says, "Hey, they, you know, uh, has country not spoke of me and blah blah blah." And it's like, no, he, you know, he the the great music that I play. And it's like, no, his music is more of violence. That's that's his that's his bag. He, for at least from what you know, from what I know, well, you know what Mark says. So, so she pretty much gives uh, Mark the rundown. It's like, hey, so all the avatars, you know, will uh, come and will you know hold court here and. And you know, just kind of go with it. It's you know your first time. Just just kind of go with it. it. That's all. That's all you can say. It, it's it's not that uh, pleasant of experience, but it's not that bad either. So they all take their different places, and now there is seats for like nine, but only seven of them do show up and stuff for the council here. And we can oh, get into and that like the poster from the yep. first episode, just like the poster. There's a few gods that were missing from the seats and stuff here. And so they, uh, so um, they come forth, or Mark comes forth before um, you know. There's uh, Horus and Isis and our Isus, and there's a whole bunch of different gods. I didn't write them all down. So uh, they ask, you know, why have you? Why are you playing with the sun? Why are you summoning me? And he's like, you, you abandon Earth. You guys should pay more care. You know, blah blah. blah said living in the overvoid, which. 
in the comic books, the Overvoid is a big like pyramid. It's, it's like a, it's like Asgard, basically. Uh, it's a realm for the Egyptian gods. Um, so all these gods in the universe have their own realms. Like I said, like uh, uh, with the Asgards, uh, Thor and Odin, they have their realm um, as well too. So so that's what the Overvoid is is their realm. You know that that they decide to just go hang out at and then they have the avatars to, whose only job is to just watch not to interfere you know not to do anything similar to the eternals they were just kind of there to kind of the eternals had a little bit more of a guiding hand with mankind and stuff uh, but these guys these guys are just their avatars just to watch and that's it so he said, you know, so anyway, so Conchu uh, takes over or possesses Steve's body and says, uh, hey, uh, while you guys are off somewhere else, uh, we have Harold here who is trying to find Amit and resurrect the banished god uh, who's going to wreak havoc on this planet and right under your noses. So they said, well, all right, let's see if this is true. Bring forth Harold. Harold comes crawling out of one of the, <laughs> the, the portals and stuff and and, you know, he's pretty kind of slick with it and stuff and comes before and says, you know, he pretty much just denies it, you know, full on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's like O.J. Simpson did not did not do it, <laughs> did, you know, um, and they they kind of almost just kind of took his word for it and stuff like he uh, Harold had a little bit more uh, a, a privilege and authority over over the council and stuff. And so um they said, well, you need we need proof, not just I, I, allegations and stuff like that. And and Harold went into, uh, you know, talking about how uh, Kanchu was just, you know, running amok. And he ended up taking over this poor guy, mine, who was a broken man. You know, mm-hmm. he's on un, he's unwell. You know, Kanchu is just known for exploiting people and everything else. And Kanchu called him a liar and. And so they and Concha went to go uh, take a swing on, which was the coolest thing I saw and stuff in some of these Marvel uh, shows. Took a swing on on a Harrow and it was a, uh, 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 I think it was, I can't remember, one of the gods stopped him and then kind of put him in this like energy handcuff and stuff and made him take a knee. And it's like, no, we don't do, we don't condone violence here. So those, those, those energy fields are kind of cool. I wish I had that kind of power. Just stop. <laughs> so he, he put him on his knee and it's like, look, we don't condone violence here. In fact, no, can't you go away. We want to talk to Mark himself. And so they did. Mark is like, uh, they asked him like, Hey, are, are you unwell? Are you okay? You can talk about Conchu. He won't hurt you. Blah, blah, blah. And Mark is like, well, yeah, I, I, I am unwell. He kind of, uh, admitted that to the panel mm-hmm. of gods and stuff. Um, but he's like, but it's not about me. You know, it's really about, you know, uh, Harrow and stuff and what he's trying to do. You guys should be focusing on him. And the gods like, okay, well, it sounds like Harold just kind of proved his point, so we kind of believe him. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and let Harold go because there's, you know, we really don't have any evidence of what Conchu is saying. But what Harold said is proven to be true. You know, he took a human avatar who was unwell for his own bidding and everything else and stuff. And so they ended the council. They let Harold go, and then um, the the woman. Uh, reached out to the woman avatar reached out to uh, Stevens like hey look if you you need to if this is true you need to get to you know the tomb before 
before uh, uh, Harrow does. There may be another way for you to do it. There's been this uh, secret sarcophagus that are, is a Senfu, his sarcophagus, who's you know been stolen years ago. It's on the black market and stuff. They may have that may have the clues to help lead you to to the tomb and stuff. And so she gave him that tidbit, and then they left and went part ways. And then see. Man, trying to have recall here, but I think this is the part where. Go ahead. No, if you're good. Then he's just in um, somewhere in like a downtown area, going to like a oh. guy selling juice or something. That's right. Oh, you're muted again. There we go. Again. All right, I'm back. I'm back. So yeah, oh, oh that's loud. Uh, so yeah, so there, yeah, he's downtown and he's trying to do his little secret kind of like uh spy stuff which mark is not apparently not that great at it and stuff i i'm again leads me to believe jake is more of the that kind of uh, espionage kind of guy mark is more of just the muscle like the uh mm-hmm. stuff so he's in there and he's like hey yeah i need some help i'm trying to find us you know sinfu sarcophagus and the guy looks like the like nah dude <laughs> you're <laughs> Narc, man. I ain't saying nothing. And then here comes Layla uh, drinking some some drink out of a bag and stuff, which is indicative of, of the culture. Actually, in, in Africa, there's a lot, a lot of people drink drinks out of a bag. They're like, I, they're not icy bags, but we because we don't drink bags, drink drinks out of the bags here like that. But it is a common thing and stuff. And so she's just at home back in, in Egypt doing, you know, doing her thing, coming up to Mark. It's like, yeah, nah, you're probably not going to get what you're looking for by the way you're doing it now. So, so they she convinced them to kind of team up and stuff. And so she had an idea and she was going to take her um, to go see, um, God, what was the guy's name? I written oh, it. yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like she was talking about, she's like, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere because you're not Egyptian. So no yeah. one's going to trust you. So. Yeah. No one's going to trust you. You're an outsider. You're a tourist and stuff. <laughs> Um, let me see. Oh, oh, I, I have the name here. Uh, Mogart. Yeah, Mar- uh, uh, Mograt or Mograt. I'm gonna say Mograt. That's it. Sounds great. So, uh, Mograt. Um, just and also just to kind of set this up too. Uh, so Mograt, who is also a reference in the comic books, he he plays Midnight Man, who's like this master thief. And the reason why he got the name Midnight Man is because he always strikes at midnight and he steals these really priceless artifacts and stuff and he keeps them for himself. You know, he's a collector and he does all the collecting himself. You know, he, he doesn't bargain with with money. He bargains with his skills and uh, being a prowler. Um, also, with that said, uh, the actor who uh, name is uh, Gaspar Uleli. Uh, he died earlier this year in January. So he was in a ski accident. Um, but th- I know that they had uh, more set up. If they were going to introduce a little bit more uh, character builds and stuff, this is definitely one introducing the Midnight Man would, uh, would definitely have been a, a beneficial one. Uh, but unfortunately, he passed before the uh, first episode was able to air. So yeah, that that that's a bit of a uh, tragic uh, news yeah. and stuff about that. So back to so uh, we're getting close to the end. So back to the um, uh, to the so they're they're on a boat um, heading towards to go meet this uh, Mograt uh, Mograt <laughs> to go meet Morag, and they're kind of just having you know they're having a conversation about the relationship and everything and. 
And, you know, you just like, yeah, I, I don't know what to, you know, tell you. I remember, you know, you know, the, the music we used to play or everything else. And I just left and it was for your own good or, or what have you and stuff. And so, um, they're just kind of reminiscing a little bit. And then they end up pulling up to, uh, Mograt's, um, compound where, you know, there was, uh, these guys on horses and doing this, uh, these stick wars and everything else. Like it looked really cool. It was a really nice setup scene. Um, and then, uh, one of her old friends, uh, his, uh, Mograt's bodyguards come up to Layla and they, you know, they introduce and do a weird handshake cause that was very weird looking. Uh, but uh, anyway, so, um, Mograt, uh, they mentioned about, um, um, uh, Mas- Madripoor, yes, Madripoor, which we got reference from, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, uh, because that's where a lot of that was uh, taking place, where it's kind of the CD underground, not a CD uh, underground town or city and stuff, where you know people go to hide and stuff from the rest of the world, and and we had the power broker mm-hmm. <laughs> who's from there and everything else. So it would make sense that someone like Layla and uh, uh, Mograt would absolutely know about Madripoor and do, have done some dealings probably with the power broker themselves and stuff. So that was a nice little Easter egg reference and stuff there. So uh, he, she introduced her, her husband, which she had to call by a different name. And it's evident that the dude does not like uh, the, uh, Steven at all. Um, you know, he barely wants to shake his hand and whatnot, but, uh, they, you know, they talked their way into reviewing the sarcophagus and just kind of checking it out. And that's where Steven is. Um, I'm sorry. That's where Mark is asking for Steven's help to kind of figure this out. And they're kind of playing around with these, uh, what looks like, uh, star maps that are on this, these pieces, these scraps of, um, cloth and stuff and so they're trying to you know steven's in the reflection trying to help him out why layla's stalling for time meanwhile um they're getting very suspicious about what the goings on and then we have harold show up who just kind of he just ruins he shows up everywhere so. Yeah, he just shows up everywhere and stuff. It's like, hey, I tell you what, I'll pay whatever you know they they offer, or I'll double it, or you know whatever and stuff. In fact, or I have some good stuff I can show you myself and stuff. So, so he show he pulls out the scare up and you know it floats and does this cool little thing and stuff. And so he he, he got uh, Morgat's interest and and whatnot. And so he ends up you know showing, talking to him about. The uh, king that he has has a little bit of power of, of a sliver of the power that Amit uh, possessed. Uh, so uh, it started going purple and he ended up uh, using that cane to destroy the sarcophagus um, that, you know, that that uh, Margot Mograt has. Um, anyway, they God, I was trying to remember what sparked off the fight, but um, they started. Did, did he have he like catch some of the artifacts on them or something on uh, Steve or on Mark? They, they kind of started the fight because they realized that Mark was being suspicious, touching the yep. the maps and everything. Yeah, and then and then Harrow showed up, and yep. then while they were being distracted, Mark mm-hmm. turns gets oh, the suit right. and yep. he's up on the roof. Yep, Mark turns into Moon Knight. And he hops up on the roof and stuff, and then that's where 
the battle goes down and stuff. And so, so yeah, so, uh, they, so the fight scene comes out, we get to see full fledged moon Knight fight with his, uh, his, you know, his Egyptian daggers and taking out guys left and right. We can see Layla throw some hands and stuff. She's, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a little badass in her own right. And stuff. actually she's just a badass period. She, she just is, um, she ends up fighting inside of the, inside of that little glass pyramid looking thing and, and yeah. taking, Taking out what used to be her friend. I mean, I would hate to have a friend like that who just shanks me in my shoulders like that. But hey, he was trying to kill her too. So, so yep. she broke apart her awesome necklace and turned into two daggers and just. Oh yeah, she just like stabs him. Stabs yeah. him, yeah, full on. Like it was awesome. Um, so then Mark runs. You know, our Moon Knight runs up into the arena. And he's just you know fighting these guys, and then uh, there's a battle between Mark and uh, Mark and Steven about having control. Steven manages to take control while Mark's trying to uh, annihilate one guy, and then so he turns into Mister Knight. And probably about a few seconds after being Mister Knight, he gets stabbed. <laughs> twice, twice with uh, spears, and he gives the body back up. He's like, "All right, you can have it back." <laughs> Too, you know, the, the timeout thing didn't work. I tried peace, and I'm getting assailed here. So, please help me out. So, Moon Knight came back, or Mark Spector's uh, character, uh, and then just kind of just kicked butt and, and you know, taking names. Uh, Layla, you know, Layla's being bested by a few of the goons, and then you know, in comes Moon Knight to to just defend her and just kicks everyone's butt. Um, uh, Mogart, you know, his last ditch effort to try to, you know, take out Layla, he couldn't. So he tries to run off and Mark kind of throws a spear or throw a dagger and you don't really see it may have hit him and don't know if it killed him or not. He just kind of rolls off into the fog and then they themselves decided to escape and, and get out of there. Uh, with that said, so they drive off into the desert and then they're sitting on, you know, they're looking at this, these, the, 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 the map thing or that they, that they swiped from the sarcophagus that the thing they managed to save and trying to figure it out. Layla's trying to convince Mark to, well, Steve, let Steven do this because this is his thing and stuff. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you. All right, cool. All right, I'm back. So, yep. So, uh, Mark turns to Steven. He's like, "All right, fine. I'll let you let you do this and stuff." And so, he takes he takes the mirror. He takes the the shards of the little map, and he fashions a star out of it. And it turns out to be a map of the stars and the pinpoint location of where Amit's uh, tomb would be buried. The only hitch was. It's a map of the stars from 2,000 years ago when it was buried with uh, Singfu. So, with that said, they're like, they are really stuck. I mean, I mean, with GPS the way it is and stuff, there's no way they can find it. They can be a 30-mile, he said 30-mile radius and stuff, which I don't know about you, but digging that many holes or digging that, that's just not a, it's not a possible thing to do. So, Kanchu <laughs> said, I absolutely do remember the night and you know, what that looked like uh, 2,000 years ago. But I'm going to need your help to help me do this. And so uh, so Stephen and Kanchu, they they started uh, reverting the stars going backwards in time, 2,000 years. And they landed, you know, and, and it shows uh, different clips of people in Egypt. 
everything's night and just the you know the stars the constellation starts suspending so it's not just them seeing it's everybody surrounding them seeing that the sky is being uh sent back in time two thousand years and so they did uh Layla gets a picture of it managed to map out where the uh, uh, the coordinates is and doing that which disrupts a you know you know you're just you're disrupting earth or earth or you know whatever the mm-hmm. gods decided that you know what we're we're done with Kanchu we're fed up with them so they decided to imprison Kanchu into a statue and as they were doing this um you know Kanchu gave some last words to Stevens okay uh I don't think he I don't think did he called Steven name he's he's commonly calling him a name I don't really pay attention I- yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, he, he said something to the effect of "Hey, Worm, tell Worm. tell Mark, tell Mark to come find me, uh, you know, to come free me and stuff." That you know, and then he disappears and fades away, and then uh, Stephen just kind of passes out, and so we see. Um, uh, so then it cuts to um, Conchu is in prison in a little figurine statue. And we see um, uh, Harrow talking to one of the avatars as he walks in to go pay his last respects to Kanchu and stuff. But he he's everywhere. Yeah, he is. He shows up everywhere. But he ends up just kind of talking smack and telling uh, Kanchu, you're the reason why I'm here. So thank you. Um, you know, because of what you've done to me, you've given me the drive to see it through and so yeah. giving like, stuff a pet talk. Um, so. It's like if you hadn't have broke me so much, I wouldn't have known what healing is like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, okay, yeah. dude. Like you could have healed a different way. Try therapy. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so then that's how that ends and stuff. Um, so that was a quick little uh piece into that, and we're gonna jump right into episode four. Which kind of picks up right where uh, Mark or Stephen passes out. Um, they're in the desert. Stephen passes out, and then there is. Oh, first I have to say, okay, this this episode gives me very much uh, Indiana Jones meet Twelve Monkeys meet Shuttered Island vibes and stuff, <laughs> like full on. Like it just, yeah, that it, that'll make sense later in this episode yeah. here. I think it's important to note that um, with Country gone, they no longer have the suit. So yes, absolutely, yes, they are on yep. their own. Yep. You no longer have the power <laughs> and the protection of the god when he's encased in stone. So um, they, so yeah, so um, oh, oh, actually, the opening scene of uh, episode four uh, before the sand, uh, before you know, uh, you see the gods. They uh, actually take uh, Kanchi's statue and place it on this um, uh, rack or wall uh, unit of multiple different gods. So this wasn't Kanchi wasn't the first god that they encased in stone. So they uh, took his and placed it on, and you see like the candle backlits all of these statues, and you see there's more gods, which may have answered why there weren't that many people in the council in the first place. So then it cuts to them in the desert, and uh, Layla's trying to drag uh, Stephen's body to the truck down the hill, and then a car is coming, starting shooting at them, just random. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, if you know you're in a desert driving and you have a gun and you see people just shoot them, just 
just just shoot. It's probably safer that way versus ask questions. But anyway, so they're being shot at and stuff. And so she rolls his body downhill and she runs down to go hide into the hide in the truck. And uh, she manages to, with a flare, very handily uh, distract them enough to throw a toss of flare in the back of the truck and cause the truck to all the bullets in the uh, truck to go off and pretty much take out the guys. She, she took them all out with a flare. That was pretty badass, in my opinion. Um, after that happens, you know, Steven somehow from all the commotion woke up and then that's kind of where we, we kind of set things off. Uh, they're riding along together in the car. Um, have, you know, uh, Steven is, Telling uh, Layla about how really why, um, you know, Mark, you know, left her like he was trying to protect her because Conchu, who he was basically going to use you as avatar. That was his thing. Um, so he was really so she was like, OK, I, that makes a little bit of sense as far as him leaving me to protect me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm so happy, you know, to do be on this adventure. You know, um, you know, we're in the car. We're on the ride. We're going to, you know, do this you know, adventure. And then she stops and like, yep, we're walking from here. <laughs> so. Yep, so they started walking. They get close to the coordinates and stuff, and they started walking. There was a goat, the black goat that was just sitting on top of the mountain just watching them. I don't know the reference of that at all, other than that, you know, Thor has goats that pull his, uh, you know, pull his little uh, carriage and stuff that we saw even in the Thor uh, trailer and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I know goats have some piece, you know, symbolism and stuff like that. So I'll take it as that. I don't really have any other reference uh, for that. So they end up um, finding the uh, camp where Harold and his guys were, and it looks abandoned. So they kind of make their way down there and say, like, okay, well, we need to get some supplies. So they're searching through the tents and and things, um, you know, grabbing some water and, and some supplies. And they see like trails of blood and, and different, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a machete laying on the sand and everything else in there. And instead of, you know, taking that as a sign of, we don't need to be here. They took us. Yeah. Let's just, let's go in. That's, you know, it, it seems inviting. <laughs> it seems safe. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, you know, someone who, you know, if you had uh, warm milk and cookies or something, it's like, yes, this, this seems like a thing to go explore. <laughs> Uh, again, the reason why I would never be caught in these type of scenarios in these kind of movies because I'm immediately saying no. This this is where this is the, where the ride ends for me. <coughs> Excuse me, but they proceed to go into this um, newly discovered tomb and and they they you know they're kind of looking around and 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 searching and they find this room that looks like a sacrificial room or where they at least they take the bodies of like uh really well renowned um Egyptians like kings and pharaohs and they you know do the bombing and, and everything else and stuff. Um so they found you know like you know there's there's these little jars of organs and there's a hand that's looks like being fashioned a rattlesnake skin to it and everything else and stuff and so they're looking around trying to find a way out of this uh, room besides where the way they came in. And, you know, uh, Mark or Steven at the time, he climbs up on top of the rafters 
And then we hear this weird clicking noise. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Uh, weird clicking noise. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, but just clicking. Um, and then we're like, okay, we need to hide. Uh, so, you know, Mark's hide, uh, Steven's hiding upstairs, and Layla hides behind the little uh, sacrificial table. And we, I mean, I know she had nowhere else to hide, but it was literally like the worst hiding spot. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd rather go stand in the corner with my back face away than to hide, just to sit behind that table and stuff and go hide. But hey, when you're when the pressure's on and you're you're desperate, maybe you don't think too clearly. And, but so yeah, she shows a hide behind the sacrificial table. Um, the the. We see what is like this shadowy, like um, this mummy. I don't know. Yeah, what, I don't know what that yeah, is. I'm not sure what you would call this dude, but kind of this mummy monster, zombie looking thing. And he's dragging one of the guards, which we've seen before. It's the guy with the beard uh, um, that you know came to Mark's apartment and then was at the, uh, um, you know, who took Mark to Harrow. Before, he's playing the cop, right? Yeah, he's playing the cop. So he was also the one that was like, "Yeah, hey, we found it." He was celebrating with Harold when they found uh, the dicks, the dick site, and everything else. So he's being dragged up on the table and being gutted. Um, so yeah, that was that was interesting. Layla is starting to try to slide around the backside of the table, and in typical horror fashion, like they always do, she knocks something or makes a sound. Yep, <laughs> gets the uh, little zombie mummy's attention, and so Steve decides, like, well, I'm gonna have to help her out. Steve should have been like, you know, I'm not really feeling Layla, so maybe no. And did did we forget before they entered the tomb that they kissed? Oh my god, yes, we did. <laughs> we I, oh my so when they're before they're entering into the tomb, um, you know, uh, Stephen being the the you know nerdy amateur archaeologist and stuff, really kind of the he's actually the version that Layla actually fancies. Um, uh, you know, he went in for a kiss, and then that's where you know Stephen kind of confessed. That Mark, what Mark was doing, and everything else, and then uh, Stephen just kind of got his cojones, and he's like, you know, he went in for a very awkward, <laughs> planted awkward kiss on Layla, but yep, he shot a shot. Hey, he did, he did. I'm he, proud he, of him. He yeah. went for a shot, a shot. Uh, she goes down to the tomb. We see that uh, Mark or uh, Stephen punches himself. Oh, yes, he does. Yes. That was Mark punching him, but yeah, that's kind of what, what that was. And then uh, somehow Stephen man- managed to throw himself down into the hole, too, as well. Again, I think Mark did that. <laughs> so, I'm sure he did. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're the same person. It's not really, it's not even cheating, really. So shouldn't be abusing yourself like that. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, thank you for that part. We did skip that part. Um, so yeah, so anyway, uh, they're they're back to the mummy scene. So Stephen yeah. uh creates a distraction, and then the mummy looks up and he jumps up to the rafters and he's about to uh you know uh sneak um uh, or you know uh, surprise attack Stephen or not surprise but attack Stephen and then Layla uh you know makes some more noise and that's where Steve's like run and she runs uh you know back from the entrance she came and then uh Steve runs the other way. 
and the mummy gave chase to her. And so she is just dodging and darting throughout this uh, throughout this um, tomb. And she uh, makes her way to this room that has this, a ginormous pit. She manages to stop herself before she hurls herself overboard. Uh, and then she realizes that the only way to get across, she has to scale the wall to the side. There's like a little ledge. So she's doing that in very dramatic kind of fashion because it's one of those, you know, all those ledges exist where, you know, parts of it is just not stable. So we get the unstable ledge and she almost falls a little bit. And then we get the creepy hand that is looking to just hold her hand. I, I think it was just trying to hold her hand. I, I, I don't, you know, it's definitely there to help. Yeah. He was lonely. He's been in, he, who knows how many thousands of years he's been there. So he's like, Oh, Hey, nice. hand. let me hold it. So he tries to grab her hand. She freaks out. You know, that's that, that should be the normal response. And, and she makes it across. Anyway, as she's kind of uh, looking, kind of, you know, uh, regaining her bearings and looking where she is, uh, I don't know where the mummy comes and grabs her and drags her back into the dark. Scared the crap out of me. I don't know about you, Brianna. I was like, that one, I was like, I was like, I don't know. I think the Miss Minutes, though, still might be on top. <laughs> yes, uh, Miss Minutes definitely was the creepy, hey, y'all, hey, uh, that, that, that surprise jump scare scene. But this was up there with it. I, I, um, she comes back out of the shadow and then he grabs her again. And then that third time is where they're fighting and tussling. And again, Layla holds her own. She's mm-hmm. fighting this possessed uh, mummy demon uh, looking dude and uh, managed to uh, strike a flare on, on his uh, forehead. Very rough skin. Uh, God, this is where we need like a lotion sponsor. I can, I can tie that in. If you have rough, dry skin, like a, a 2000 year old mummy, try uh, Neva or something. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she uh, strikes the uh, the the flare and then jabs them in the eye and managed to uh, take them. You know, top, does a little hip roll and they both go over the edge. She managed to save herself. You know, grabbing the ledge and pulling herself up. And to our surprise, in walks Harrow. Uh, that dude pop. Everywhere. He does. He just pops up. He just kind of pops up everywhere and stuff. So, but before we get to the hero part, it cuts over to Stephen. Stephen finds another uh, tomb, uh, part of the tomb and stuff that has um, uh, jewelry and everything else. This is a place where you would bury your, uh, you know, a revered pharaoh. And so he's like, "Oh my God! Did we? Did I find? Did we find the room?" He's he's getting excited. He's looking at the scribes on the wall, and he realizes it's in Macedonian uh, writing. Which mm-hmm. is actual history. Uh, so Ale- Alexander the Great was a pharaoh. He was also from uh, Mesopotamia. Uh, Mesopotamia. I can't say the words right. So where? So the so instead of the Egyptian hieroglyphs, it, it was in uh, Alexander the Great's own uh, his 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 homeland, his people and stuff. Um, so that was really cool. That was that's a really cool. Um, so he sees the sarcophagus. And he thinks he found uh, where they're hiding Amit, uh, Amit. and so he goes over uh, to it and he pushed back. You know, he had to talk himself into it. You know, this is how Stephen works into pushing back the car, the the sarcophagus. He sees the mummy all properly bound and wrapped up, uh, laid with weapons and other golden artifacts. You know, all through, you know, uh, laying by his body and stuff. And he couldn't find. 
the it's called the uh, uh, so it's called an Ashanti, which is a statue basically. That's it. So uh, where you imprison the gods as you know the same thing we saw with uh, uh, Kanchu. He was imprisoned to an Ashanti uh, or a statue. So he couldn't see, he didn't see the statue, and so he's trying to figure out this puzzle like where could this be and. He realized that um, Alexander the Great was the mouthpiece of the god, so it would make sense for them to bury the Ashanti. He was the mouth of Amit to bury it inside of Alex. Uh, Alex, Alex, can I call you Alex? Or do, I, do you go by Mister Great? Mister Great's mouth. So, uh, so he goes ahead and he unwraps it and he grossly jams his entire fist. Mm-hmm. Down his throat, kind of, and Mark cheering him on, like, "Yeah, buddy, get in there! <laughs> like, you got this! Get, get, yeah, just, yeah, get that knuckle in there, just all the way." So he's cheering him on and stuff, and I'm sure the jaw falls off. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, oh yes, yeah, he's he's definitely wide jawed and stuff at this point in time. So uh, he ends up he f- ends up finding uh, finding it. He finds. The one and the only, the Amit uh, statue, or Ashanti. And then it cuts back to uh, Layla and uh, Harrow. And Harrow, you know, Layla's like, yeah, okay, I don't really want to talk to you. Um, I got to go find Steve and stuff. And so he's like, well, and he starts saying her dad's name. And he's like, oh, a little scarab, you know, like, huh, I, I knew, you know, uh, something about about that, you know, like uh, it, was, it was a nickname that your dad would give you. She's like, you know, so she, he obviously got her attention. Is like, look, here's the deal: the um, you know, the scales never lie. And you know, he goes off into this whole uh story about you know how he can see what the truth reveals to him when he judges men, and he did that to her husband, and he saw that he saw her father. And so she wanted to know what what happened, and he's like, "Well, uh, there, you know, he pretty much killed. He's like, he he knows the dark secret. She he needs to confess to you and stuff. But I know uh, the burden that man's carrying, and, and Mark is carrying a very heavy one concerning your father. You know, blah blah blah. And so Layla obviously pissed off, and she goes to just leaves, and he yells out, "Wake up!" Which is actually uh, significant uh, because it's well, well, I'll tell you that in a second. Okay. So yells, wake up, and she just kind of goes off screen. Um, he so anyway, Stephen is uh, happy that he found the the uh, Shanti, the statue of Amit and stuff, and then in comes Layla, who finds him shortly after this. And she is pissed, vis- visibly mad and stuff. And he's, she's like, you need to tell me. I want to talk to Mark right now. And he's like, we won. Steve is like celebrating. Like, we won. Mm-hmm. Have the statue. Here it is. We won. He's like, nope. I want Mark right now. And hems him up. And then here comes Mark. He's like, all right, well, we got to go. We got to go. You know, let's go. Let's get out of here. It's like, no, would you need to answer? He's like, no, we need to go. He's like, no, answer my questions now. Did you know? Did you kill my father? And she's he's like, no, but I I was there when it happened. So he admitted to that. Uh, so she wanted to know exactly what happened, and so this is where Mark kind of confessed, like, you know, he was a hired mercenary, and his partner 
got greedy and decided to kill all the archaeologists on that particular dig and ended up um he tried to save them he tried to save her father he couldn't he admit he, you know he admitted that the guy was just a greedy guy was trying to and just kill everyone including him he he himself even got shot and he wasn't supposed to live but he managed to live he didn't tell her why he he lived but he did tell her as much as he was left for dead too so that didn't kind of help things with uh with with that conversation but then that's where Harold and his uh stormtroopers <laughs> were on the on the trail and that you can hear them coming into the room. So Layla goes off and, and hides like we gotta get out of here, try to go that way, try to find an escape. And I'm I'll hold them off. Mark grabs the, the axe from out of uh Alexander's great uh, sarcophagus, and Layla's is you know hiding, trying to find a, a escape. And in comes Harold and his goons with guns drawn and everything else. And then this is where um he tells them, like, look. You know, we all have choices in life. Here's yours. Uh, you can make the right choice right now. And then, you know, Mark's like, you know, you think Mark's going to kind of give up. This is this is very much. Um, I love making movie references to each other when I see things that are similar. So this is very much um, uh, uh, Marcus Aurelius from uh, not Aurelius, but uh, from 300. When Xerxes tells him to take a knee. And you know he takes off his armor, and he kind of you know he you know takes off his shield, and he drops down his uh, spear, and he hops down on one knee. So he basically is saying, "Submit to me." And then he gets up and he attacks. Same same thing. It was kind of the same thing. So Mark said, "Okay," to uh, Harrow. And then as the guy with the gun goes towards Mark, he grabs the butt of the gun, slices him with the axe, hits the other guy with the axe, um, throws the axe at the third guy in front of Harold. Harold then grabs the gun from the uh, slain soldier and shoots Mark directly in his chest. Shocking. Didn't, you know, didn't expect that to happen, but he did. You know, that's and then he shoots him again for for giggles, because I'm pretty sure you shoot, shoot someone once in the heart, they're dead, but but he wanted to make sure, so he was following the rules of make sure it's dead uh, of movie lore. Of all yeah, all the horror movies. Yeah, you and- only you shoot them once, and then you never know. So Mark uh, definitely Harold seen his number of horror movies, and he knows you always have to shoot the person at least twice, make sure they're dead. So he shoots them again, and he um, he takes you know he takes the statue, and Mark falls into the water that's behind the sarcophagus and we see him kind of fade off into the light. You know, uh, Layla is trying to hold her screams back because she doesn't want also to suffer the same fate as Mark and Mark kind of kind of drifts off uh, under the water into this uh, dark light that turns into a white light. And next thing we know, we fast track. We are in a really weird looking movie where you see this uh, young uh, black kid and this o- older British guy just kind of tracing through the jungle, kind of like a you know, actual Indiana Jones uh, Disneyland set, <laughs> not the actual, <laughs> not the actual Indiana Jones set, but um, you know, and the guy in the movie goes by the name of the famous archaeologist Stephen Grant. 
And next thing we know, it zooms out even more, and we realize we're it's on a it's on a TV that is in a mental institution. Uh, and we start seeing characters. This is the trippy part, and this is where some things are gonna. Uh, we're doing on time. Okay, so this is where the trippy part gets uh, it gets into. So this actually uh, is kind of somewhat pulled from the uh, 2016 Welcome to New Egypt art uh, where um, Moon Knight or Stephen Grant is in a uh, mental institution and he is being convinced that uh, he imagined Moon Knight and everything and stuff in a very, very believable way. And so one of the things I'm going to say is this. Marvel has a tendency to lift story arts but they change them completely so they're never they never retell the same story they change the characters they change they'll take some of they'll borrow some things from it but they'll never tell you the story of the full story so in so i'll tell you guys now if you're going to read the 2016 edition of uh, welcome to new egypt and moon knight art um it's not he obviously he is not in a mental institution now with that said I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of jump out and and say I think this is totally inside of Mark's head everything we have seen and and I'll, I'll give my evidence or as the gods of the Indian said produce the receipts I will okay. I will do that here in, in a minute so we so it zooms out into this room and we see um uh, guy who's we we see the um God the golden statue guy uh, I can't remember his oh. name. Um, yeah, the street performer. Good God. Why can't I remember? Yes. I don't, yeah. We see him calling bingo numbers that don't make any sense. <laughs> oh, there we go. Anybody who anybody who actually played uh bingo know that like when you're playing bingo, the numbers go uh, sequential, like you know, B the column of B goes through one through fifteen and and anyway, so he's calling these numbers out of order. And so upon more further research. They're actually referencing different Moon Knight uh, comic book uh, uh, numbers. So, if you guys have the time, definitely check it out, but we're not going to have the time to go into that here because we want to get into the episodes. So, but that's what they're referencing. So, B22 would be uh, Moon Knight episode number 20, uh, uh, comic uh, book number 22 and stuff and so forth. Um, the only thing that was weird was they had a T16. There is no T in bingo. Not <laughs> What, what that what that one was but yeah but that was a cool little easter egg so you can really kind of check that chain of logic and then look at the corresponding ones because they also introduce some of the characters and some of those comic books that we've seen on the big screen already now with that said we start panning out and we're seeing other characters um we're seeing the lady who did the fake passport for layla we're seeing the orderlies um the, as the orderlies the uh the cops who came mm-hmm. to Moon Knight's uh, or to Steven's apartment. Uh, we are seeing the uh, the bodyguard of uh, 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 Mograt who uh, you know who was greeting Layla and stuff. He was pushing a cart of of cupcakes that we saw in the first episode when he stole the cupcake van. Um, we saw we even see we see the old lady from the elevator who was drawing some pictures and stuff. And then they took the picture and put it on the, the freaked out lady. Every, almost every character that, that was in the previous episodes 
was kind of just roaming around this mental mm-hmm. institution, including Layla. We see Layla. She um, so the the orderly, uh, the guy with the beard, who we saw not only in in the, in the first or second episode, but we saw get gutted by the zombie mummy guy. Was the orderly? He parked uh, Mark uh, by a window, and there's a reflection of him, and he looks like he's just kind of zombied out, like he is sedated till King to Kingdom Kong, and he he is out. He's strapped into his wheelchair, and we see uh, Layla comes up to him, who's also you know looks you know very very sick, and 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 grabs his bingo card and it's like hey you won bingo or i won bingo this time i'll share i'll, I'll share with you this time yeah so um but something kind of cool this is a cool easter egg i'm just going to reveal this because it happened right at this scene when layla uh, approaches mark you see her, she has a bandage on her pinky and on that bandage is a scarab beetle and it, so there's been some hinting that she actually she might actually be the scarlet uh, scarab. I'm thinking she is. She's very much there. Has been hints throughout the the different shows, and I can we can talk about that later when we get into more of the episodes. But uh, that's definitely this insignia of the scarlet uh, uh the scarlet scarab. So yep, I I'm pretty sure that's a dead giveaway. She is going to be that that particular superhero who in the comic book is a guy, but who cares? That's you know Marvel. Does, Marvel does that a few times, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm all I'm here for it. So he ends up uh, trying. You know, uh, Marcus is looking at his reflection, trying to call for Stephen, um, not getting a response. So he stands up and runs to the window, and he ends up falling because he's tethered to the. Um, to the wheelchair that's locked in place and out of his hand comes a little action figure of Moon Knight. So the orderly comes and sets him back in his chair and say, hey, we need to stop doing this. We do this all the time and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so so there's that part. And then it, we kind of fast forward a little bit. We're in uh, what looks like a doctor's office. We we don't really see the doctor. We see a kind of a fuzzy, blurry picture of a doctor talking to Steven, saying, "Hey, buddy, like, hey, I, you know, I, I watched. I decided to watch that movie that you watched like fifty million times. How many times have you actually watched it? And you know, I love that movie. You know, and he quotes a line from the movie about to ascend to heaven, you have to, you know, the roots have to reach to the depths of hell. You know, my favorite line and." You know, he talked about he how he, he admired the villain and that oh, was in there. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. So as he's talking, the uh, it's the the picture starts to become less and less blurry and and more and more, uh, less and less faded and blurry and, and more and more focused. And we see it's Harrow, or at least what we thought was Harrow. Nicely cut hair, mustache, as the doctor who's having a conversation with Stephen Grant. Um, he's t- telling Steve it's going to be okay. You need to share with us. He's talking about how we don't live in a material world. He's Mark at this point. Right? He's Mark. Yes, yes, he is Mark at this point. So he's um. So yeah, he's telling Mark that we live in a uh a psychic world, not a material world, and you need to you know uh, reveal more about what's going on. And and you see, there's little telltale signs around uh him like um. So. Here's the part where I'm going to actually uh, uh, get into a little bit. So 
Um, so we all notice the signs that they show you that you know that Marvel obviously wants you to see. So you see the the cane, which it could be a mistake. You know, easily uh, replaces the you know the cane of vomit. The the sandals the doctor likes to wear his sandals and stuff. Um, the you know there's the little uh, crystal pyramid and 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 then there's all the you know Egyptian artifact stuff uh, behind them and stuff. And so as Mark's kind of starting to kind of gain his composure, he he utters like you you shot me. You know he's starting to kind of put this together and he's and he's like you know so. Uh, the doctor's trying to get him to calm down. So, you know, you shot me, you shot me, and he's freaking out. So he gets up, still in his, he's still in, the, in his sedated phase, runs to the door and tries to open the door. The door is locked. The doctor's pleading with him to come back. Let's not, let's not do this, you know, again. Uh, he busts the window, opens the door. Um, then the orderlies come in to try to bum rush him. He ends up uh, knocking one to the floor and biting the the woman's orderly's hand, which are the two cops from the earlier episodes. As he's running down the hall in in the haze, he's starting to get a little bit more and more clarity. And he ends up ducking out behind in another room as the orderlies that are chasing him run right past him. He ends up in this room where there's this tomb that's starting to rattle and you can hear someone cries for help to get me out of here, get me out of here. He goes over to peel back the sarcophagus and it's Steve. It's Steven. Muted. Sorry about that. So they are looking at each other and they're like, okay, how, how, wait, how is this possible? I'm looking at your me and stuff here you know he's like how, how is this possible he's like he's and so mark looks at steve's like hey what's the what's the last thing you remember he's like uh yeah harold sh- shooting us you know and he's like yes he celebrates he's like i'm not crazy <laughs> someone else remembers that right so with this there's i'm actually i'm not gonna say this is an easter egg but it was a really kind of cool little little thing if you go back and see you'll see this actually happen so inside that room when they hug each other and he does the whole point at you know uh mark does the point at steve like what's the last thing you remember if you look there's uh there's kind of uh you can see the shadow on the door you only see mark's shadow and then you see a shadow behind steve on the wall you only see steve's shadow so you only see one shadow, even though there's two grown men inside this tiny little room and stuff. Really cool. I was like, that's because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like one guy is pointing at nothing in the shadow. So just something I, I when you watch it the fourth time, you'll see it. So they end up going out of the room. It's like, we got to get out of here. So they're like, All right, yeah, I agree. Let's go. And they leave. And then they go by another door. And there's another uh, sarcophagus a tomb just standing up there. Also, tr- someone trying to get out. This is probably, in, in in my opinion, probably yours as well, Brianna, is Scotty. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, Jake. Jake. But, yeah, Scotty for now. Uh, so, But they ignore it because they never met Scotty. I mean, why would you? Yeah, you know, we, I got my buddy. We're good. We're doing the buddy thing. So they end up going down the hall, and they see this big uh, figure coming towards the hallway. Opens up the door and it is a gigantic Egyptian goddess hippo. <laughs> and they're freaking out. And the hippo 
raises her hand and says hi in a very pleasant friendly voice and they freak the <laughs> f out and it ends that's how it ends it, it, it's it's over so a fabulous ending it was it was great and stuff so let me so let me say this i'm gonna i'm gonna go as fast as humanly possible and stuff all here. right let's see if i can get get this done and like lesson. so okay so uh, when they, I'll, I'll go backwards too. So when, uh, when, uh, Mark releases Steven from the tomb, if you notice, Mark is actually wearing the exact same clothes he was wearing from episode one, the pajamas, exact same, okay. same everything and stuff. So that's, that's first. Okay. Uh, second, when, um, Harold was, um, using the, the pen, um, it was the exact. Oh, actually, this one's even better. So remember when uh, 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 Stephen, uh, not Stephen, Mark and Layla, you know, first meet. They go, you know, to Mark's neighborhood where you know all the people, and Mark is like, "Give me where the sarcophagus. Uh, tell me where the uh, uh, sheriff is." And he did. He ended up, uh, him and Layla. They try to escape, and they end up going to into this room that is like, uh, what do you say, like a mad. Uh, magician's nightmare or something like that. That that room, it has the columns and everything else. That's where the jackal kind of comes through the door and only Mark sees them and not Layla. That room is the exact same room as the uh, as the therapist room. Um, so oh, okay. it's it, even though it's all white, if you look at the columns, the exact same columns. In fact, the Egyptian art in the back um, of the door is the exact same placement as the art. And you see the big window behind the ther uh, therapist or whatever's desk and stuff. Exact same room. So here's my thing. I know Disney likes to lift or Marvel likes to lift inspiration from comic books, but they don't do the whole story. And the whole story is that this was a dream. I'm telling you, this is not the case. This is reality in the way of that. Mark uh, is really in a psychiatric ward. And this was all imagined all these pieces and stuff, all the characters that we see, all, all the stuff that has been put together is from Mark's uh, fractured psyche. And this is what, what we're going through. So there is no, um, there's no, maybe there's no Moon Knight. There, Lay Layla is absolutely uh, in there with him. They're not, you know, out there doing adventures and everything else. This is all going to be shown as as real or made up in his mind. So oh. the so this last twenty minutes that we saw is going to be the reality of where everything was. Everything else we saw was just imaginary. So. That's my take on it. There were just too many clues that was that was pointed out that that was the case, including in the Egyptian scene when they first go to Egypt. You'll see a cameraman um, actually uh, filming the scene as they as the chase scene through the alleyway. You also see a pretty ill place a green screen laying on the ground on the rooftop um, that's just sitting there under a chair. Kind of, and they and the color contrast is so ridiculously obvious. So it's like, oh, it's like a movie set. So there are some telltale signs that shows all of that stuff that happened was not real whatsoever. So that's what I'm going with. That Marvel's about to pull a nice little Shutter Island on us, and Mark has to go through his fantasy to come to the reality. And the reality we're going to get is going to be pretty darn shocking. 
So that, where does the show go from here then? So here's <laughs> here's my thought process and stuff. The show is Mark's going to unlock uh, a latent power that he actually absolutely possesses and stuff. Um, and they're trying. Oh, mm, all right, Moon Knight is real. Okay. Mark and Stephen are not real. The Jake or Scotty character is real. And we are going to see another version of Moon Knight. I I'm I'm pretty sure. So we had Mr. Knight, which is um obviously that's Steven's persona. We have Moon Knight, which is uh which is uh Mark's. The third personality I think is gonna be the real personality, and the third Moon Knight outfit is going to be the actual real Moon Knight and stuff that is possibly in prison in whatever this is and stuff. So it's going to be, I think I think this is the fourth episode, fourth and th- I'm sorry, fifth and sixth episode is going to be uh, really going to kind of take us through uh, hula hoop and stuff, but there's going to be some clarity. And I think All by right. fifth episode, we're going to see the third personality. So I have more stuff, but I don't. I, I I'll get into it later in the chat, and we'll introduce it, and then and when we do the next episode next week, because we can focus on episode five and <laughs> talk about some of the other little Easter egg tidbits and stuff that that uh, that we discover as we go through the show. All right. Yeah. But I'm absolutely, rewatch a, everything again. <laughs> there's a reason for it, but most importantly, pay attention to the part where he 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 lets him out of out of uh, the the uh, the uh, sarcophagus because he's wearing the exact same exact same pajamas that he's wearing. Um, obviously, uh, the goddess of oh, the hippo goddess. For those who don't know, it's to uh, to wear it. Um, I forgot what she's the goddess of, but they mentioned Torera in the first episode. You see the stuffed plushy uh, animals, plushy. When, yeah, which when I want. Had, so yes. Disney, get on that. <laughs> Absolutely, make that happen and stuff. She's she's cute and stuff. So yeah, they mentioned that. Um, in fact, her boss, his boss, was in was in there. She was laying in yeah. the bed there and stuff. And so that that was another thing about their their interactions and stuff like. Hey, you know, if you if you keep ticking me off, you, I might stuff you in the sort of sarcophagus. And guess who got stuffed in the sarcophagus? It was Steven. <laughs> Again, I'm just I'm just telling you the par- the parallels are very much related to to setting up the fact that he is really in a mental institution and he's fighting some demons and stuff here. So that's that's where I will in my input. You you have anything else? Um. I mean, I was still going with this was something since he was dead, he was going through some sort of afterlife thing. But mm-hmm. honestly, you've convinced me that <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going a whole new direction. We we are. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready for the trippy ride. So so buckle up. There's there and there's a lot of talk out there too, talking about like, oh, this is such a weird thing. Like how like is he dead? Is he this was the point? This was done purposefully. You're yeah. you're not supposed to figure this out. In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure they looked at this and say, hey, you know, you know, they WandaVision, they were speculating, trying to figure stuff out because we we're dropping clues. Loki, <laughs> they're doing the same. Let's give them a real mind bender and just pull the rug under everybody. And that's what they did. And they- some of you guys didn't like it. Some of you guys, like me and Brianna, are here for it, and we can't right. wait to watch next week's episode. Or actually. 
uh, tomorrow midnight. Days. Yeah. So for me, I'm on the West Coast. It comes on at midnight. So that's tomorrow Same. at midnight for me. So, oh, you oh, too. Yeah. You're on the yeah. West Coast too. I'm but on the West Coast. I, All you East up, Coasters. Yeah, you East like Coasters. You're really going to have to wait until like, you know, Wednesday. But yeah, so for us, it's it's tomorrow at midnight if we watch if we can stay up that late to watch the midnight show. So with that said, I want to thank you guys for listening to our little rundown of episode three and four smashed together. I thank you, Brianna, for yeah. doing this with me. So um, I'm not a crazy person talking to myself, and and I can share what's going on with someone Good. else who watched the show. So thank you. I was like, I got a lot out of this. It's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> So, so, yep, check us out, and we'll be back next week, and and uh, hopefully, we're supposed to have a guest. So I got figured out. Right, we'll figure it out. We'll have, we'll have a guest person who can help us break down yeah. the next episode as well, too. We'll work on that, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll announce it when we announce it. Uh, watch us on the Mar- on Walt's apartment podcast. We do that live every uh, Wednesday on Facebook. So we'll make some announcements there if we get if we get another guest or something changes. So with that. See you guys, and we went a little bit long, but it, it was worth it. Yes. All right. I, I forgot how to sign off. Do we just say I, bye and hang I, up? We could just say bye. All right. Well, I'm saying bye, and we're we're hanging up. All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>